He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. and The number one show at 5 o'clock. And, uh, and we got a great show for you again today. And uh, in the studio, we have Governor David Patterson. We have Judge Weinberg. And a common sense Republican, Ed Cox, who was, who, and, and what was your title when uh, you were during uh, Nixon's uh, administration? Uh, son-in-law. First, <laughs> first son-in-law. The first son-in-law. No, no, no. David was the first. David, David Eisenhower was the first. first I was, they got you married were, the year before we did. So you're That's second right. son-in-law. I'm second son-in-law. All right. And uh, my sidekick here, Lydia Serrani. Lydia, we have a great show today. Tell us. I, I don't know in what order we're going to get these people in, but tell us everybody that's coming on. Well, we got a packed studio. We got a packed uh, lineup as well. Senator Joe Lieberman, he'll be talking to us about how to save the Democratic Party and that they should return to the center, which is what we've been talking about a lot. Ryan Payne, he's going to tell us what the heck is going on with the market. Uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, uh, he's going to talk to us about UFOs and the hearings that Congress will be holding. Dr. Mark Siegel, he's always fun. And then we'll also be speaking with a Congresswoman Kat Kamek of Florida. She's that Congresswoman that she got some pictures of a migrant facility in Texas, in McAllen, Texas, and their shelves are packed with formula. And meanwhile, we have the store shelves here in America that are half empty. So that is what is going on. The baby formula crisis. President Biden says that he's been working on this issue for months. Uh, Judge Weinberg, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. They, they knew this was happening. The plant closed down how long ago? Last fall. I mean, it's October, absolutely, correct. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous that they weren't on top of this a long time ago. We're now relying on Ireland to supply our baby formula. And it's not just because of the plants. I mean, of course, that exacerbated the, the shortage. Government, the government agency sat on a whistleblower's report for two months. They didn't inspect the place. They didn't get it started to clean it up. And that's why we're in the situation now. But it's, it's also an inflation. It's also the crisis with the gas prices. Well, and, and guess what? Some state attorneys general are now trying to investigate. They talk about price gouging. It's all about supply and demand. It's not price gouging. Meantime, you have mothers all across the country newborns, some of them have special dietary needs, and they're struggling to feed their child. Can you believe this, Ed Cox, that this is America? In 20? America? <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then you have the Biden administration talking. I understand about- our senators on the line. Oh, we have Senator Joe Lieberman on. Okay, Senator Joe Lieberman. We were just uh, talking about the baby formula crisis. And then, of course, your great article, your op-ed in The Hill, to save their party, Democrats should return to the center uh, talk about being right on point, Senator Lieberman. Hey, good good afternoon. Great to be with you. Uh, you want me to talk about the op-ed? Sure. However, what well, if- whatever you'd like to talk about. I mean, uh-huh. we're here to save America, Senator. Right. Uh, and we <laughs> yeah. stand side by side with you. So Amen. what is the most important thing in saving America? Well, uh, I, of course, I, you know, overall, I think to get people in the government back to working with each other, and that means that the the average people, the the people in the middle, who are really the majority, and are are drowned out by people to the right and left, has to have to assert themselves. Get involved in primaries. Tell your representatives and senators you want them to work together to get something done. And if they don't, then think about uh, a third party, which hasn't been successful in American life, but. 
But uh, maybe is this time because the public's so fed up. But th- that's the big picture. The other thing, obviously, we got to figure out uh, how to deal with inflation now. And and if I can put it in a different way, uh, in a very different way, we have to figure out how to restore some values to our country, including uh, stability, the way we treat each other. I mean, we're just standing on opposite sides of the street, not only screaming at each other, but throwing rocks at each other. Well, both and, and both Senator, both Democrats and, and Republicans are at each other's throats, which is which is ridiculous. I mean, the Senate we 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 come from the days that where the Senate were elderly statesmen and they respected right. each other. They did. There were good spirited debates, but uh, in the end, most every time the members who were debating understood that their loyalty was to the country, not to their party. And that uh, if they wanted to get something done for the country and their constituents, they had a compromise. And it doesn't mean to compromise their ethics. It means on a given bill, uh, you, you don't demand and an, a rant and rave that you'll only accept 100 percent of what you want. Maybe you take 50 percent and the other side gets 50 percent. But you get something done for the country. You solve problems. You you grab opportunities uh, for the public and that's not happening anymore. Not, that's but it's, I, Senator, it even seems that our Justice Department is unfair to half the Americans. What, say that again, John. Our Justice part. Department. Oh, well, what are you thinking of? Uh, Senator uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I, Hi, Judge. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. I think the, the problem is we've now found out that the Justice Department under Judge uh, Merrick Garland has a yeah. designated unit that's been going after the parents, even though he, in testimony before the House, said that it wasn't so. They weren't going after parents who were protesting uh, critical uh, race theory. And, in fact, oh, they, in fact, oh, they have. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I must say I'm not really informed on it, but uh, if it's as you say, it's, it's wrong. I mean, people obviously have a, a right not only to, to speak their opinion under the First Amendment, but to speak out for what they think is uh, best and right for their children in uh, America's public schools. So um, you're going to leave me uh, to look into this after I get off uh, the air. But that that's just that shouldn't happen. You know, uh, you, you can argue for critical race theory. I, I, I argue against it. But let's have an argument. Let's not sort of use the power of law to try to curtail speech. It's wrong. Senator Ed Cox here. Where the, the war in Ukraine is really gripping America. And we see Ukraine united, fighting for their freedom, fighting for the democratic values right. we believe in. Zelensky, a Churchillian-like figure leading it. Yeah. Uh, do you think that has an impact here in America if they're willing there to fight and die for the values that they that we believe in? Uh, maybe we'll get united here in this country. Maybe it'll encourage us to be united here. What do you think of that? So, Ed, I appreciate what you've said. I think there's some basis for having that hope. I, I mean, if if probably if you'd ask in a vacuum uh, uh, before the Russians invaded. Ukraine on February 24th, let's say in January 24th, uh, if there's a, a, a war in, uh, in Ukraine, should we get involved? American people might have said no. But when, they, when they've when they seen uh, how uh, brutal and inhumane 
this uh, Russian invasion is under Putin. And they've seen the tremendous uh, courage and, and, and principle of the Ukrainian people uh, in, in pursuit of their own freedom and independence. The, the, be- the better nature of the American people has come to their side, and that's reflected in the willingness of uh, both parties in Congress and the White House to uh, continue to send more and more support to the people of Ukraine and not let them just fight alone uh, with arms that are not up to what the Russians have. So let, let's hope sometimes, you know, you, you do get you, your eyes are opened by what's, what happens from outside the country. It's a little bit different, but it makes me think of the Tocqueville, that French uh, per, uh, writer who came over here in the 19th century and wrote about America. And in some ways he wrote about America more clearly and incidentally very positively than the American people at that time were thinking of themselves. So I, I hope you're right, Ed. And uh, you know what? More more people like you talk about it, the more likely it is going to have that effect on, uh, here in America. Senator, what would you like to talk about? Oh, Johnny, anything anything you want. Uh, um, you, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm focused. I do a lot of work, as you know. Co-chair of No Labels uh, with the Republican government. And how uh, how how is the No Labels program doing uh, with Nancy Jacobson and yourself? And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, are you getting more uh, common sense Democrats and common sense Republicans to work together? Yeah, I mean, look, we we've really gotten into this, and um, we've said to uh, Republicans and Democrats in the House and the Senate. Um, you know, don't, if you want to break from your party or an interest group or whatever, uh, don't be afraid that they're going to cut you off financially because we're going to work with our people to try to have your back in the campaigns. And uh, I'm honestly, um, uh, they're they're coming together. The House Problem Solvers Caucus, uh, started by No Labels, now has 58 members, equal number of Republicans and Democrats. The Senate has about 10, led by. Um, Joe Manchin and Susan Collins it went up to 20 on the infrastructure bill. They really wrote the infrastructure bill. Joe Biden came in and was part of it in the Senate. And uh, now he and everybody says it's the best thing that's happened since he became president. So there is a middle group, a center group, and they're not. You, you don't have to be a moderate, as you know, John, to be in the center. You can be a liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, independent, but you got to be willing to come to the center talk to people on the other side with a different opinion, uh, negotiate, compromise, and get something done. And that's always the way we've achieved, right from the Constitutional Convention, that's the way we've gotten great things done in America. I agree. uh, I agree with you 110% because I was there with you next to you, and I'm always there next to you. And uh, uh, we got one more minute left. Uh, uh, Manchin voted uh, to – uh, turned down going up. Uh, uh, he turned down um, codifying uh, the federal yes. abortion statute. What do you think about right. that? I mean, the people don't realize that he went against it because it would have made abortion legal up until birth. And that's what he said. This was yeah. an expansion of abortion. Yeah, I look, I respect Joe Manchin. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to cast that vote in the Democratic Party, but he's proved he's had it. And he, he makes a point, and you just made it, which is, this uh, proposal, as I read it, was not a, a codification of Roe versus Wade. Uh, it went beyond it and was, in a way, you might say, more pro-abortion 
And uh, I, I, that, that's the kind of thing that happens too often in Congress these days. Uh, instead of sort of finding a, a center ground where, where people can unite and maybe make something happen, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski have a bill in which they're trying to do that. Now people sort of try to score points politically. And so um, Manchin deserves a lot of credit um, uh, for, for having the guts to do, do that. Hey, John, I want to respond to what you said. There's nobody I'd rather go into a fight with at my side than you. You're just a, an honorable, humane uh, guy, and uh, and you want to do what's best for this country that we both love. So thanks very much for saying that. Well, to thank me. you, and Senator. I, and, I send uh, it back to you. Thank you, Senator, and I agree with you 100. percent And uh, and let's work to make to make sure our country survives, and our grandkids and grandkids uh, are live the life that was intended for them. Amen. That's our mission, and we can do it. Uh, we just have to have the will and the persistence, and we can do it. And I'm, I'm confident we will, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Senator Lieberman, and we'll talk again real soon. And, and now we have... And on the now is our intrepid investigative reporter of justthenews.com. If anybody knows what's going on in the world with our breaking news, it's John Solomon. John Solomon, what do you got for us? Oh, there is a lot of breaking news going on. Uh, let's start on Capitol Hill, where a little while ago, uh, the January 6th uh, commission uh, issued subpoenas to Kevin McCarthy, to Jim Jordan, uh, and to three or four other Republican lawmakers trying to compel them to testify before the committee, before it wraps up its investigation of January 6th. This is unheard of in the history of Congress. I, all the times I've been in Congress, I've never seen a congressional committee have to subpoena its own members. I think this is going to backfire for two reasons. First, it's going to fall into the watch what you wish for, because next year if Republicans are in control, you know they're going to be subpoenaing Nancy Pelosi about what she did about January 6th. But before that, there's an interesting legal challenge that these lawmakers as members of Congress can make, and that is this committee does not have a ranking member. Therefore, it doesn't meet the roles of the current Congress. Therefore, the subpoena can't be enforced. Watch uh, how Kevin McCarthy turns this around on Nancy Pelosi and uses her own rules, the rules she set in 2020 to, to challenge these subpoenas. I think it'll be on the horizon. That's the big story everybody's talking about in Washington today. Uh, Donald Trump's mixing it up. He uh, just issued a few words uh, about the woman who is surging in the Pennsylvania GOP primary candidate, uh, a GOP Senate primary. As you know, President Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, the TV personality. Uh, Kathy Barnett, a uh, former military member, has been surging in the polls there. Donald Trump took a whack at her today trying to keep her from overtaking his candidate, Dr. Oz. That's been a fun thing to watch, and we're just about a week out. So uh, that's a dead heat race. A lot of people are going to be watching to see where that ends. Uh, and then meanwhile. That, I mean, that's going to make a big decision for, for Pennsylvania. And for America well. then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen, the, 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 Senate, uh, the Republicans have to hold that Senate seat if they have a chance to, uh, to take over the Senate. And so uh, everybody's got eyes on that, just like they had on the J.D. Vance race a couple of weeks ago in Ohio. Uh, one other amazing thing, as you know, the censorship uh, has gotten to such an extraordinary length. And when Dinesh D'Souza was going to put out his 2000 Mules documentary that, alleging that there's a mass harvesting operation in America, he knew he was going to run into it. So he set up this operation to go on Rumble. Rumble is kind of the new YouTube for people who are free speechings. An amazing 
amazing accomplishment. More than a million dollars of sales in the first 12 hours. More than a million people have already seen the documentary. And it has bypassed all of the normal gatekeepers that have shown their willingness to censor things about the election, uh, really starting to show that this alternative ecosystem that's out there can actually reach millions of people. It really does have mass reach now, whether it's Donald Trump's uh, uh, Truth Social or Getter or uh, Rumble. You're now seeing the ability of conservatives to reach millions without having to bend a knee to Twitter or Facebook or the other censors in the place. So some interesting stuff going around the world today. John Solomon, what's the latest on the formula shortage? I know President Biden, he's supposed to have a meeting to talk to manufacturers. And there's also a story that came out that we first reported here on WABC Radio that uh, there's pallets and pallets of uh, baby formula at southern border uh, migrant facilities. I mean, this is incredible. And yet half of the store shelves here in the United States are empty. Yeah, you're looking at 40 to 50, some places, 60 percent shortages right now. And uh, the Homeland Security Department, using its buying power, according to Congresswoman Kat Kamek, uh, has bought up a whole bunch of pallets and brought them down to the border to make sure that the illegal aliens who cross with their children will have formula. That, of course, will come at the expense of parents who are scrambling, going to Walgreens or CVS or other places, trying to find whatever formula we have left. This is, uh, you all remember the the breadline crisis at the end of the Soviet Union before the Soviet Union fell. This is Joe Biden's breadline crisis. I think this revelation today has a lot of people saying it's the perfect anecdote, the perfect photo op to show that this administration puts Americans last, even behind um, illegal aliens. A lot of people using it, that revelation today to attack the Biden administration. But we are weeks, if not months, away from solving this formula shortage. It is a real, real problem. Yeah, they're saying uh, the best case scenario, 10 weeks. Kids can't wait 10 weeks. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, if 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 Trump was in the White House, like Operation Warp Speed, do you think things would have been differently? Yeah, listen, I think this starts in an earlier failure. A lot of people don't realize this crisis has its origins last October. I wrote a big story about this over the weekend. Uh, The FDA first got a whistleblower calling them, this Michigan plant has real problems. They sat on it for four months. That was four months to get on top of this. In the time they sat on there and finally got took action, there were some babies that died, babies that got sick. Uh, but they had a four-month opportunity to solve this problem before it got to crisis level, and they didn't. Remember, this is the president that stood before the cameras in October 23rd. I'm going to be more competent than Donald Trump. Competence is why you should hire me. They have been completely incompetent on every aspect of the baby formula shortage, from the supply chain to not appreciating the impact of uh, inflation on young parents, to now the shortage itself and the failure to jump. A whistleblower gave them a heads up back in October. We could have solved this before Christmas, but they they slow walked it, uh, ho-hummed it for a long time until it became a crisis level. Well, John Solomon, I mean, we could, I, I've been talking all day yesterday and, and, and today. We could solve the inflation problem by just opening sure up could. North America. Me and you have talked about it. And There's no doubt. Just what did they, they do last wanna... night, John? They canceled more oil and gas leases. This administration canceled a bunch more oil Alaska, and gas leases. Yeah. Can you so it? they're going to make it worse for Americans, and, and they're going to force the Fed to raise the interest rates, which will destroy yep. the uh, the real estate market. Yep, you're right on the money. We are. It's a self-made stagflation crisis that we're headed to. We're going to decelerate the economy and accelerate inflation. I had Jeff Landry, the Louisiana 
uh, Attorney General. Um, he is in a big case tomorrow morning. By the way, this is something to put on the map for tomorrow morning. States are before the federal court tomorrow to argue for a permanent injunction against lifting Title 42, something that will further add to the crisis. But he said to me, uh, uh, I watched this energy policy. I watched this baby food crisis. thing. I'm seeing the, uh, uh, the Title 42 the one thing I'm certain of, this president wants to put Americans last in mind, not first in mind, and it's going to come back with an enormous boomerang in the election. He's predicting that people will be so fed up by November, there'll be a bloodletting for Democrats. I, I think the American people are finally realizing that President Biden is not on America's side. He's not on the poor people's side. He's not on the middle class side, no matter what he said. And, and what he said the day before was that inflation is going to help America. How is that going to happen? Yeah, nobody's feeling out at the store. If you got to choose between your gas tank or your refrigerator, you're not having a good moment in life. And so many people are doing that. But the real truth of the matter is these elitists in Washington who say these things that make our, all of our eyes roll, they're so disconnected from the reality on Main Street in, in everyday America. This is an administration that said they were going to be for the working poor, the middle class, and now they mock the concerns about inflation. They're completely and, disconnected. And then, John. He gets up and says, I'm going to raise taxes to the oil companies. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I said, the oil companies are just going to give it back to the consumer. <laughs> yes. Is he that That's dumb? It. They think That's Americans are that dumb. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, John Solomon, again, of JustTheNews.com. JustTheNews.com. Thank you so much, John. My pleasure, guys. Bye-bye. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzimatidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line is uh, another cat. Another cat, right. And she's mad as hell. And she's not going to take it anymore either. I first saw it on your Twitter, Congresswoman Kat Kamek of Florida. She's a Republican. You got some quite the uh, interesting text messages from her border agent in McAllen, Texas. Tell us what happens. Well, it's good to be with you guys. And yes, I am mad as hell for sure. You know, I speak with Border Patrol agents pretty much every day. And I've been to the border myself three times heading back there shortly. And I was shocked when I heard from Border Patrol agents who couldn't find baby formula for their own children, yet they were working to bring in pallets of baby formula into the processing facilities where we are, of course, experiencing this historic surge of illegals coming across our border. So it's, uh, it's pretty frustrating. You know, we've got Americans who are fighting to find formula for their children every single day. And, of course, this shortage um, has, it doesn't have anything really to do with the border except for it's exacerbating it. You know, this shortage was created by the Biden supply chain crisis. Well, the FDA shelves are empty in the supermarkets. Uh, Congresswoman, the yes. shelves are empty in the supermarkets and they're diverting formula to the borders for the people that are coming over that shouldn't be coming over? You know, and that's, that's the thing is you have moms all across America, in my own district, in Ocala, Florida, my team took a picture of the shelves in the Walmart. They are barren. And they have signs up that say that parents are limited to five units of formula. I've got kids in the ER because their parents are giving them formula that they, that they haven't used before and they're having allergic reactions. You can't just arbitrarily put kids on one formula and switch them to another. It doesn't work that way. And every parent knows this. So it's very, very dangerous what's happening. And again, shame on Biden. 
This all points back to the failures of the Biden administration, border crisis, supply chain crisis. And I think American people, they deserve better. And this is exactly another example of America last. Congresswoman Kamek, I mean, you put out some pictures and you can also check them out at WABC Radio on our Twitter. And you see the difference between the Walmart photo of the empty shelves and then you see the shelves at the migrant facility in McAllen, Texas, where it's packed to the brim of formula. Now, I would never want any child, illegal or not or whatever, to go hungry. But we're in a kind of upside down, bizarre world where American mothers can't feed their children and yet we're giving it away to people that are violating the law and coming and coming into our country. How fair is that? Well, it's not fair. And, you know, the left is trying to push a narrative that Republicans and conservatives don't want to feed kids or take care of kids. The left is trying to paint a narrative and drive that political agenda that conservatives are heartless. That couldn't be further from the truth. We, we are the richest, most generous nation on this planet. And I have seen conservatives go above and beyond for those in need. And the kids, my heart just breaks for them because they're the pawns in Biden's game. They are the ones that are being trafficked. I myself have spoken to a nine-year-old little girl at the border whose vocal cords had given out because she was screaming so loud while being gang raped by members of the cartel. And it was Border Patrol agents that picked her up in a field and have been taking care of her. These children have been abused. They are pawns and shame on Biden for using them. The left will not succeed in driving a narrative that we are heartless. That couldn't be further from the truth. And for the American mothers out there, they are their tax dollars are going towards this baby formula. They just want to take care of their kids. These mothers are incredibly compassionate. Well, Trump used to have an expression. Let's take care of America first. If we take care of Americans, the American people are always generous, and we'll take care of everybody else. But how about taking care of Americans first? Exactly. And that is why when I posted these photos, I said, folks, this is what America last looks like. This is what America last looks like. Judge Weinberg, you had something? Congresswoman, I'm very concerned. I don't see a program or a strategy by the Biden administration to get the formula going again to take care of our people. What say you? You know, again, this is just typical of the Biden administration. You have an FDA that is more concerned with a political agenda and just having bureaucrats in a basement somewhere in Washington make decisions, even though they themselves have never been in industry. They have no real world experience and they are telling manufacturers what they need to do to get up and running again. Well, it's those same bureaucrats that have regulated these manufacturers out of the country and out of business. We have four major manufacturers that produce baby formula, but we should have much more. And so in the next two weeks, we in Congress are putting pressure on this administration to fast track the SKUs and to get the permitting taken care of so that we can produce a safe formula. But it doesn't need to be wrapped up in a million pieces of red tape because the government just wants to have this self-fulfilling prophecy of I'm going to take more money and more time and just drag my feet. Well, the American people have had enough. So we're fast tracking the permitting. We're doing this in a safe, efficient way because we will not take it anymore. We're, we're putting America first. Well, thank you so much, uh, Congresswoman Kat Kamek. And thank you so much for bringing this to light. America needs to know what is going on. Speak out for all Americans. America comes first. Everybody else comes second. Thank you so much, Kat.
Thanks, John. Thanks, crew. Have a good one. Thank you. And now on the line, we have Congressman Tim Burchett, and he is on the Foreign Affairs Committee. And looks like a Congress is going to be holding hearings on UFO sightings. I don't believe in UFOs and aliens, but you do you, John? Well, I think there's, with all those worlds out there, there's got to be something there. Congressman Burchett, how are you? I'm well, ma'am. Thank you for having me on. Give us an update. What's going on? All of a sudden, it's on all the channels again. I, I, I turned the TV dial. It's on every channel about UFOs. What the heck is going on? Well, Congress is, um, is acquiescing to the people, sort of. Uh, there's been, I don't know if you saw the Navy pilots footage where they. Um, I saw it. I saw yeah, it. Yeah. And I've actually talked to pilots pilot that was in the air with those those gentlemen and um and it shows pretty much what you would think is something from out of this world and it defies all of our um, physics and the pilot i talked to said it it had no heat signature out of the front or the back of it so it's not showing any friction on the front end or any exhaust out the rear end and uh the propulsion was something that that we are not familiar with at least um and most circles of, um, of aeronautics in this country. And uh, so we're going to have some hearings to discuss it. But the reality is I don't trust it. I'm, I'm in Congress. I think, uh, you know, you're going to have the Pentagon come in and talk. And the Pentagon's been part of the cover-up since the beginning on this thing. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's either um, dark money, dark ops, skunk work, intelligence that's doing it or it's something from out of this world there's no well, other i think it's too uh, if it's do if those things are doing the things they're saying they're doing i don't think we're capable are of we that sending them baby now. formula too john not to make light of this but <laughs> congress i don't know do you remember the dick tracy comics and the fact that he had this little phone that you could operate and talk to yeah. and communicate yeah. with. I got, sudden, my, my hand, I, I got one on my I got one on my hand too. And then he followed that with an anti-gravity machine that the, Dick Tracy had. Maybe what you're talking about is an anti-gravity machine <laughs> operated by some folks who aren't part of this world. Well, uh, anti-gravity machines exist. So, Congressman, this is David Patterson. I uh, can't tell you about it. I grew up with someone <laughs> who said that he was abducted in 1985, and I've known this guy since we were little kids, and he has stuck to this story all these years, and it really turned me around about this. But my question to you is: Does he this... smoke pot or do any? Other <laughs> is he on psychedelics, or how is he now? After the fact. <laughs> is he, no, is he now that, your husband-in-law? No, not before the fact. Is he your husband-in-law now? Uh, no, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but uh, why do you think the federal government at this point, and we're in a different place than we were years ago where the government felt it had to protect the citizenry from situations, but the citizenry knows more than the government now. Why would the government still be trying to cover this up? I don't understand that. That's a good question. I've, I've thought about that. I think there's there's several reasons. I think one is is the arrogance of government to say that, Government uh, is is forthcoming with anything. That is not true. Why do you have to subpoena members of, of Congress? Why do you have to subpoena members of the White House to get information that, that should be public knowledge? Why are we issued redacted reports on UFOs? Um, why does this just continue to go on? Why will they not disclose these things that they have? Why will they not 
um, give all the information out of Operation Blue Book. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, anything the government's involved in, you actually trust. I mean, right. You, now, one last I, question. Um, let's take it from the point of view of those who are perhaps flying UFOs around. Why would they not just make themselves known and introduce themselves to, you know, who They lose their pension. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman, thank you so much for coming on. Please keep us informed, and please call us whenever you know something. Well, I tell you what, everybody ought to read their Bible, read the first chapter of Ezekiel, and and what does that describe? And you all can discuss that. And remember what Billy Graham was reputed to say, if you think we're the best that God can do, then you hold God in pretty pretty small uh, steed, because uh, I suspect in the vastness of the universe, when you look at a star out at night, that that the star that le- the light that left that star left before the time of Christ, I think the vastness of this universe is is more than we can comprehend. And I and I don't trust government. I'm part of government. I'm in the United States Congress, and I do not trust government. I agree with you 110. Well, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Absolutely. Thank you so Excellent. much. And let's Beautiful. go to the break. And when we come back, Ryan Payne, and to f- to find out why we're all having a pain <laughs> in, in the markets. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. We're still discussing the aliens, right? But um, I don't know. Who's to blame for the money, the fact that the uh, markets are crashing? We got on the line uh, with us right now. We have Ryan Payne. He is the president and chief investment officer of Payne Capital Management. And he's also co-hosts a show every Saturdays, every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Steve Moore. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Ryan Payne. And Ryan, we're we're suffering. We have a lot of pain in the markets. What's going on? (laughs) Well, I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the speculative uh, assets like Bitcoin, um, a lot of these disruptive technologies. John just got you know really pushed up. I said on Maria Bartolomo's show yesterday, Bitcoin is the biggest fraud ever perpetuated, and not the (laughs) American people, the whole world. I absolutely. I mean, well, you can go back to tulip bubble. Tulip bubble right. back in the uh, you know the sixteen hundreds as well, John. So you know people can delude themselves in history, and I think this is a great example of that. I mean, what does it do? You know, it's you can't buy anything with it. Um, it's not a hedge against inflation. We know that, and you know, you and I talked about this before. Like, if, you know, if you lose your money, there's no there's no recourse. It's not like having your money at the bank. Ryan, Ryan, are the markets down because they lost confidence in Washington? Um, I think the inflation issue is a big problem, John. And I think, you know, there's a lot of distrust with what the Fed's done. They've been behind the eight ball the whole time here. You know, you're hearing out of uh, the president, we're talking about tax hikes. We don't need tax hikes when you already have inflation. Inflation is a tax hike. So I think that is a big problem. And I think, you know, the Fed not getting inflation under control earlier, uh, a lot of people are losing confidence in that. It's all about inflation right now. It's all about the Fed. And we're seeing those tightening financial conditions and oil prices, you know, they're not coming down. Uh, we haven't seen inflation come down that much. And I think that is really, really hurting investor sentiment right now. It's Ed Cox here. Uh, Ryan, isn't when the Biden administration pumped $1.9 trillion more into the economy, directly into consumers' pockets and into state and local governments, uh, as the economy was roaring back, wasn't that a big mistake? 
It really was. And it was really, really a misjudgment because at that point, to your point, the economy already was recovering. We saw unemployment was already coming down. Um, and the American public, you know, we were already on to the fact that when you create more money out of thin air, uh, that becomes a tax, right? That's when inflation actually starts to kick in. So I think at that point, it was, it was again, it was already past the point, to your point, when the economy was already on that recovery path, which, um, let's face it, I mean, we have a red-hot economy right now, and that started over a year ago. Yeah, but uh, Ryan, it's Richard Weinberg. The problem is that, once again, the Democrats in Congress are trying to push another spending bill. What do you say about that? It's just, it, it's, it's so ridiculous, right, at this point. I mean, I think at this point, it's almost like political suicide. <laughs> it's all about printing any more money. Uh, so I think it's problematic for the Democrats because, again, I think the average American at this point understands that when you print more money, um, it's only going to become a tax uh, on everything that we buy later on. And I think that's that's the big problem here. I think the Democrats are just they're just completely uh, they're delusional at this point if they think that they can pass more spending bills. And and now at Cox here, now the Fed is draining that money out of the economy at uh, ninety five billion dollars a month. Uh, that's got to start uh, sending yields up, bond prices down, and take that liquidity out, uh, also the stock market down. Is that what's happening? I think you're seeing a huge repricing because of that, right? Yeah, right. A lot of liquidity is coming out uh, of the stock market right now. I mean, I think if you think about mortgage rates right now, you went from 3% up to over 5%, uh, almost close to 6%, depending on where you are right now. So you're seeing that carrying costs go up. So that's that's a problem for real estate prices. And I think also just seeing the speculation reined in from things like cryptocurrencies, you're starting to see a lot of margin calls and a lot of deleveraging going on. So it's really is there margin calls going on now? You think? Sorry, John. Say again. Uh, Is there margin calls going on already? Oh, 100 percent. And if you look at how some of these younger traders have been leveraged with, uh, you know, a lot of these cryptocurrencies, and even some of these hedge funds are deleveraging as well. Um, I think that's spilling over into you know, other markets, and you're you're starting to see the proverbial baby thrown out the bathwater, right? You're seeing like energy companies get sold off, a lot of good companies with good fundamentals, because a lot of the leveraging is going on in that crypto space, which has just been like the largest casino of our lifetime. Largest casino, you're absolutely correct. Ryan Payne, we'll talk again real soon, but thank you. I always listen to you when you're on with Steve Moore on Saturday afternoon, right after Larry Kudlow, between one o'clock and two o'clock. On WABC Radio and WABCRadio.com and 770 on your dial. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks, John. Thank you. Let's take this break. And when we come back, uh, the heating oil. We're mad as hell and we can't take it anymore. And uh, Rocco uh, is going to be talking about it. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. Now we got to talk about heating oil. On the line for us right now is Rocco Lacertosa. He is a chief executive officer for New York State Energy Coalition. Electricity, gasoline, heating oil. Well, with us today is Rocco Lacertosa, and he is chief executive officer of the New York State Energy Coalition to tell us what the heck is going on, Rocco. I know I might have pronounced your last name wrong, but Rocco, I can never pronounce wrong. Tell us what the heck is going on. 
It, it's Lacertosa, and uh, that's quite all right. Uh, people butcher it a lot more than that, so and that really wasn't butchered. John, um, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I don't get enough opportunities to talk about you know what our industry is facing in the terms of you know terms of threats to it. Uh, you know, the, right now there's there's a movement which I'm sure you're aware of. Uh, you know, the Electrify Everything movement, and there's a uh, an all electric bill uh, that you know is in all is in Albany right now, which uh, you know we're you know con- concerned about. We're not especially opposed to electrification. What we're concerned with is 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 the speed at which several groups want to uh, you know implement it. Uh, you know the grid is not ready or capable to you know to take on all of this you know capacity at this time. Uh, in the early part of the heating season, the New York Independent System operators, the ISOs, uh, and the New England ISO, uh, you know, came out with statements that uh, they were very concerned about being able to uh, provide enough power uh, to keep the lights on, essentially, uh, you know, to put it uh, to put it mildly. Uh, in fact, there was a, uh, a Monday Wall Street Journal article that uh, the title was Energy Short Electricity Shortage Warnings Grow Across the U.S. Uh, and, you know, it talked about, you know, the risk and so forth of, uh, you know, these these uh, all of these system operators across the country not having enough capacity. And, and that that's a big concern. Rocco, uh, Rocco. I, I I was on Fox uh, Business with Maria Bartiromo this morning, mm-hmm. and it seems like everything that Washington is doing, they're hurting us. They're hurting America, and yes. they they're ordering. They are ordering General Motors, which might be a subsidiary of the government. Who knows? Who knows? I, I would short the stock in Ford to make sure they have all electric cars uh, by uh, uh, by twenty thirty. Can can the grid system handle it? No, not not in its present shape and form. And and, and you know they, they can't build out the infrastructure fast enough. While you know while they say they can, you know, uh, but it's it's just not possible. We you know we've we've looked at this and we have data to support it. You know, and you know the the whole thing here is that they want to see people switch out uh, you know their existing heating systems and you know turn them all you know whether they're getting propane uh, or, or heating oil, uh, and they want to make them all heat pumps. And, you, you know, it's first of all, it's an expensive proposition. You know, you're talking twenty to $30,000, and in some cases more, to do a whole house. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's not possible uh, that it's, it's going to do the job. In fact, we've gotten contractors to come in and us, you know, on uh, on what it would take to replace them. And as the contractor is walking out the door, he'll say, uh, "Oh, by the way, don't replace your oil or your gas furnace because come the real, you know, heart of the uh, the heating season, you're going to need it as a backup." So, you know, right right there there and then it tells you something. You know, our industry has a solution. You know, we have a solution that's right here, it's right now, and you know what it is as well. It's biodiesel and and renewable diesel. You know, it's a drop-in replacement for petroleum. Wait, wait, diesel. I was just on the phone and I was on Bloomberg before. And I was on mm-hmm. that there's going to be a shortage of diesel mm-hmm. in, in the United States. What right. say you about that? Well, you know, I mean, listen, uh, right now, because of all the pent up demand and the fact that, you know, producers weren't producing during the, you know, during the pandemic, uh, it's no surprise that, you know, that there could be, it definitely could be a shortage. I mean, you know, inventories are, are at, you know, record lows based on, you know, the NYSERDA, NYSERDA reports that I get, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, so, you know, it, it stands to reason that, you know, it's a supply and demand situation. You know, if you don't have enough supply and you have a lot of demand, I don't have to tell you what happens, you know, then, and, and I'm sure you 
you know, your, your, your listeners are smart enough to know that as well. You know, that, uh, you know, if you don't have the supply and demand keeps increasing, what's going to happen? Prices are going to increase. And it's just, you know, uh, you know, a factor, and, you know, it's market tell us factors. Right now, Raka, the people with heating oil, and you represented the Heating Oil Association for many, many, many years, they're paying double the price for heating oil. Mm-hmm. Are people uh, mad? Oh, listen, you know, they, they you know, we're, we're the first people that, you know, that, that you know, get, get uh, yelled at when prices start to increase, you know. Uh, but, I mean, prices are cre- increasing across the board. Uh, I mean, I wanted to buy – I was thinking of, you know, trading – taking my uh, my car and, and turning it in early on a lease and, and taking a new one out. And to do the same car, okay, for same three-year lease, it was going to cost $300 more. I'm saying I, I'd have to be crazy. You know, to you know, to do that. So it's it's not only that. I mean, it's at the pump. It's every everywhere you go. You go we go into the grocery store. We're paying more for meat. We're paying more for chicken. We're paying more for eggs. So it's it's a, it's it's definitely across the board. It's not only heating oil uh, or diesel. So uh, again, this is a situation that has you know developed because we know you know we've you know the, the economy was was in a lull for two years, and all of a sudden we come out of a pandemic, and then you know here, here we are now. You know, everybody wants to do everything, and and uh, and it's just not enough of everything. You know, uh, to to say you know to say it very simply. To to uh, to be able to uh, satisfy everything, and uh, there, there there goes you know, your price increases. You know, so you know again, uh, the more bio that we put, the more bio heat that we put into petroleum, the less petroleum, the less diesel that goes into those trucks, that goes into those those heating tanks in the homes and in the buildings and so forth. So the more higher blends that we get uh, out there, uh, the better off we're going to be. You know, we pass uh, a, a law- I I agree with mm-hmm. you 110 percent. How are we making out after the nuclear plant uh, has been shut down in Westchester? Well, I mean, there there was you know some very uh, you know tense discussion about that at the Climate Action Council uh, at the, those public comments, which I attended and I testified on behalf of our industry there. Uh, you know, you took a very clean source of energy out of the system, so you know people uh, and and it's you know it's it's a cheaper form of electricity, and you know it it, it just. You know, a situation that uh, was allowed to happen, uh, and I think that you know there's, uh, you know, here's, here's, I'll give you the bottom line on where we stand with this whole thing. We're, we're talking about an all of the above approach to to, uh, to energy policy. Okay, there's room for everything, but it has to be done in a measured, sane, safe manner. You can't just all of a sudden. I use the word switch. common sense. You agree with the word common sense? Common sense is per- perfect word. A, that's a perfect word. That's the Rock word I was searching. We're out of time. But okay. I want to have you back again, and we have to have more discussions because you you have common sense. Rocco Lacertosa, did I say it right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Chief Executive Officer of the New York State Energy Coalition, thank you for speaking out on common sense, and we're going to catch up with you again. John, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate to uh, you know be have the opportunity to speak uh, on behalf of the industry. Thank you. Well, on the line with us right now is Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Siegel, did you have fun last night? Amazing, amazing. I really had a lot of fun, and I got a, a plenty of shout-outs, which I didn't deserve, so it was a great event. Cousin Vinny was singing very well. Joe, Joe Piscopo was singing very well. It was a fun night. I thought that was Frank Sinatra there. What do you mean? <laughs> well, he's the vice chairman of the board. Uh, Frank Sinatra officially calls Joe Piscopo the vice chairman of the board. Amazing! Did you see those pecs on on uh, on Joe Piscopo? Man, he's working out. And Judge Weinberg is really svelte too. He looks really thin and very healthy. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Tell my wife. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. 
Well, North Korea is announcing a COVID-19 Omicron case. Oh, my God, 25 million people there. There's not a single person in the world that doesn't believe that they've had previous outbreaks. I think the issue is what happens to a virgin population that didn't have huge outbreaks because they shut down and didn't tell us anything, and now it's going to rifle through this population that has had neither a vaccine or if they had the vaccine, they had China's vaccines, which don't work very, very well or have never had COVID. And they're going to shut down, destroy the economy. That's what's happening next. Shades of, shades of China, where the only product that I can track as being actually exported right now is fentanyl. <laughs> well, that, wow. yeah, that, and that works uh, apparently very well. Talk to us, Dr. Siegel, about why it's so important about the baby formula. I, apparently, a lot of people don't understand. I, as a mother, do. But explain to Americans why it's so important to keep the same formula and why parents need it. Well, first of all, Lydia, even though 85% of women breastfeed, uh, about 70% of women use formula over the first six months in addition or instead of. Mm-hmm. And if, if formula is, for six months of the child's life, if formula is all you've got and that's how you're sustaining your child, you can't water it down. You can't take less of it. You can't buy it on the Internet and not know what you're getting because if it's contaminated, your kid's going to get very, very sick. What's really disturbing here is the same government that I'm always calling big government is asleep at the switch here because they, they FDA looked for investigations of Abbott back in February because of contamination concerns but didn't replace it with anything. What happened to the public-private partnership that we talked so frequently about under President Trump where, where the USDA, by the way, has Women, Infants, and Children's Division, WIC, that's responsible for over 65% of the infant formula in the United States. Why aren't they stepping up to the plate? Why aren't they getting more on track and delivered around? Why isn't the government? Why isn't the government doing anything? They finally had a press conference on it today and nobody was allowed to hear it. I think that that's how to solve it. I think that if the government pays for this stuff, it will be manufactured at a greater rate. You've got three companies, Abbott and Gerber are two of them. Um, and, and I think Abbott's had a lot of trouble, but I think that this could actually be handled. You cannot ask women to handle this by extending uh, formula or not knowing that, what they're that, getting. That would be very stupid. Breastfeed more. Very stupid. And dangerous. I'm, unbelievable. Bad government. Doctor, we're going to have you on again real soon because we're out of time. And, Doctor, thank you, and I'm glad to see you last night, and we'll do more together. Great party. Thank great you. Party. Judge Weinberg, you've been complimented by the doctor. You look great. Ed <laughs> thank Cox, you. thank you. You had a good time last night, Ed. You bet. And Governor Patterson, you had a good time? Absolutely. Lydia, I saw you dancing. It wasn't me. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all, and thank you. And God bless uh, somebody New York. God bless America, me. and uh, we need help, and uh, God bless the American way.